0: Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode 34 of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our 10-minute theology series where we talk about a certain topic of theology in around 10 minutes. And this week we are actually going to do something a little different different. So if you remember, we've been kind of working our way through the attributes of God and theology proper and all that, and, and we're going to continue that, but we're going to take a little break here for just a few weeks where um, we're going to do something kind of specific. So this kind of time of year, we have Christmas coming up and all that. And so I kind of thought it'd be nice to kind of take a step back for a moment and kind of do kind of like a short series on kind of Christmas, okay, and more specifically uh, kind of the anticipation of Christmas, the build-up of Christmas, and so um, kind of the reasoning for that, I I love Christmas, I love Christmas time, I'm all about it, uh, all the decorations, even the cheesy Hallmark movies, Christmas movies, I love it, all aspects of it. But one of the main things I love about Christmas time is this focus on the birth of Christ, and the reason why is one of the main reasons. There's so many reasons, right? Uh, why I enjoy this is because, for those of you who know me, like I enjoy studying the Old Testament. I really uh, enjoy diving deep into the Old Testament, all that, and so. Really, the birth of Christ is one of the culminations of one of the major themes of the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, there is this anticipation, this longing, this angst for the coming of the Messiah. And you see this all throughout the Old Testament, this waiting for this individual to come. And then in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the birth of Christ, you have the culmination of all of that. And I think when you take a step back and you start to see this anticipation, all that, you understand the weight of all of that, and then just you can imagine the complete joy as this actually comes to fruition in the birth of Jesus. And and so I I just love that aspect of this time of year of this anticipation and I think it's it's an interesting connection right because I think you also have in a very much smaller scale just this idea of especially with like kids maybe some adults uh you have as soon as kind of thanksgiving's over you have this anticipation for christmas is coming how many days till christmas Oh man, how it! And there's this anticipation for this day to come, and this kind of build up throughout. And it's even like worse now because Christmas trees are up in like October in the stores, or in September or whatever. Um, and so I'm sure kids are always freaking out, like, "Oh, Christmas is near!" And oh, it's like three months away now. But there's this anticipation, this build up, and I think that just makes me again make that correlation, that connection to the Old Testament and this build up this anticipation, this longing for the birth of the Messiah that we have fulfilled in the New Testament. And so really, like, that's why I kind of want to focus in on this. And I think even selfishly a little bit here, like, I think during the time year, in the midst of the busyness, all that, it's so easy to get caught up in focusing on those other various things, um, just the busyness of the season. And so I think it's helpful and I just wanted to take kind of the step back to like remind ourselves of, again, what we're celebrating this time of year and kind of, again, not just do maybe like a one-off kind of lesson here or series, like episode here, but instead to actually take a few weeks to keep hammering home this point And hopefully we can get a small scale experience of this buildup, this longing, this anticipation uh, with the culminating event of the birth of Christ, okay? So that's kind of the goal. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be just kind of doing this series for the next few weeks, uh, and we'll get back to uh, the Q&As, as as well as the, uh, back to like the attributes of God and all that, after uh, this kind of small series here. This, it'll be about four parts or so. So after this four-part series, we'll get back to that, okay? All right, and so kind of all that's like intro into what we're doing. Uh, but now we'll start kind of diving, digging deep into what the Old Testament, this anticipation, right? And so again, what you have in the Old Testament is this anticipation, as I mentioned, but you also have this narrowing down effect that happens in the Old Testament where you start kind of general of like who this Messiah will be, who will the, be this person who will come to redeem God's people. Okay, so ever since you have like Genesis, like the fall and everything, there's always this question of how do we restore this relation with God? How do we get back to this relationship with God? And then we find out, as we'll talk about a little bit later today, it'll be through this, uh, through an individual, be through a person. And then the Old Testament narrows down more and more and more of who this person will be. Okay, and so that's what we're going to be doing over these next few weeks is kind of this narrowing. It's like this funnel where it starts kind of general, but then as you go, it gets more specific, more specific, more specific until you're left with Jesus. Okay, Uh, and so that's kind of the goal. Okay, Uh, that's what we're going to be doing. That's what the Old Testament does, and so that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. And so today we're starting with the very general, the very beginning of what you could say like the Christmas story in a sense, right, is in the book of Genesis. Okay, normally not a book that we associate with Christmas, but in my mind, how can you not? Okay, in some sense. And that's because it is in the book of Genesis that we have the first promise of this individual to come to redeem God's people. Okay, to restore this relationship, to bring God glory in the defeat of sin and Satan and all that. Okay, and this is the first glimpse of that here in the book of Genesis. And specifically, this is in Genesis 3.15. Okay, and so brief context, if you remember Genesis 1, you have the creation of the world. Uh, All things are good. God declares everything very good. Genesis 2, you have kind of zoomed in focus on the creation of man and woman. And just, again, everything is good at the end of that. But then Genesis 3 happens where you have the serpent who has some connection with Satan in some way, okay, uh, deceives the woman, um, and the woman and the man rebel against the Lord, the command of the Lord, and sin, and you have the fall, okay? And then you have this series of kind of almost like blessings and curses a little bit here um, laid out against, like, the serpent, the woman, and the man in Uh, Genesis 3. And so Genesis 3.15 is part of that section. And this is these uh, curses, as well as a blessing, as we'll see here, uh, but a curse kind of against the serpent, which again has this connection with Satan. Okay. All right. And so this verse, just let me read that. uh, I'm sure Iron has that memorized off the top of their head. Uh, Genesis 3.15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman in between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Okay. So, interesting verse here. Okay, so notice, just first off, uh, we see that there will be this enmity between the serpent and the woman, and between uh, the serpent's offspring and her offspring. So there is this uh, enmity, this um kind of battle, I guess you could say, in in some sense, uh, between the line of the woman and the line of the serpent, okay? And so we see throughout scripture this ends up becoming kind of like the line of uh, people who follow God and then the line of people who follow Satan, in a sense, okay? And we see that there will always be a remnant kind of, like, opposed to Satan here. That's really what is kind of being taught here. And we see that through the rest of scripture, but the last part is what's kind of crucial for us. Okay. So again, like God talks kind of generally this offspring and all that, but then notice the last part says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so notice the sudden kind of switch here where before it was talking about like kind of the offspring in general of the woman, to now a specific offspring, or kind of the word means like seed, all right? So the specific offspring or seed. And based on like the previous verse, you would almost kind of expect it to say like, they will bruise your head, they will bruise your heel, right? Like, but it says he. And so this is purposeful because the Lord is now zooming in on a specific individual. There will be a particular seed from the line of the woman. And what will he do? It says he will bruise your head, the serpent's head. And really, that I, that word for bruise is better like kind of crush. So, Because I think sometimes we think like, oh, bruise your head. Like, ah, I knocked my head a little bit. But the, no, the idea is like crushing. Okay, like a death blow. Okay, so he will crush the serpent's head. And remember, who is the serpent associated with? Satan. And so Satan is being crushed here. And so God will preserve a line, and there will be a man who comes out of that line who will defeat the leader, Satan, of this kind of opposing line forever. Okay? That's what's going on here. And so God is showing he will win, right? I think you even have the ironic element of, Satan thought he could use man and woman to like go against God, but instead God shows, well, I'm going to use a man to defeat you. So kind of like a ironic kind of twist here. But again, you see, this is this first element, this first mentioning of an individual who will come, who will defeat Satan, the seed, this offspring of the woman. And so this is why this passage is sometimes referred to as the Proto-Evangelium, which just means the first gospel. Okay, this is the first mentionings of what comes to be known as the gospel. That there will be this individual who comes to forever defeat Satan. Okay, God will win. All right, and so you have this promise of an individual, he will crush the head of the servant. But also, notice there's also an aspect of where it says, But you shall crush his heel. So in this defeat, there will be pain. And and real quick, we should clarify, this isn't like a back and forth, like, oh, who's going to win? Who's like, just on the surface, right? What's worse, your head being crushed or your heel being crushed? Obviously, your head being crushed, okay? And the idea is, as this individual is crushing the head of the serpent, right, you can think of like stomping on the head of the serpent, that in that process, his heel is damaged, Um in that process, okay? So it's not like this back and forth battle, but it's just in that process of destroying and crushing the serpent, uh, this envuel's heel is crushed as well. So there will be pain. So this victory will come at a cost. And again, zooming forward to kind of New Testament, how do, what do we know is that cost? It's a cross. Jesus accomplished that victory on the cross. And so there was pain, there was suffering that was involved in this victory. And so you can understand why you start to see these elements of this is the first gospel. This is the proto evangelium. Okay. All right. And so again, kind of wrapping up all this is as we, again, you start general. Okay. So what you see here is just this reality of who is this person going to be? Well, they're going to be from the line of the woman. Okay. So does that narrow it down very much? No, okay, that's still very general. And so the rest of the Old Testament, again, is going to be this funneling down into who this person is going to be, okay? But something to point out here, I think what we need to understand when we think of this passage as kind of first mentioning as the gospel, really the ultimate goal about here, God is revealing that his agenda is ultimately about his glory. That's really the point here that God is showing Satan and even showing us, right, that he wins in everything. Okay, he wins in everything. Satan thought he could go against God. He could rebel against him. He thought he could use man to rebel against God. But instead, God is going to show and flip that and show, I'm going to use a man to destroy you to show I win in everything. This is what this is about. It is about his glory. And so I think we sometimes get so caught up and focused on talking about kind of like our salvation and our sins being forgiven, which is, yes, great blessing and all that. But that's not the end-all goal of our salvation. The end-all goal, the ultimate goal is God's glory. Okay, and that's what we see from the very first mentions of what we can later develop as like the gospel, okay, is that it is about God's glory. And so tying that in, when we think about... Kind of Christmas and the coming of this Messiah, again, I think we can focus on Jesus coming and being born to die for our sins and all that, which, yes, amen, that is true. That is an amazing truth. But we also can't lose sight of it's ultimately about God's glory. That this is the Messiah to come that's been promised for all those years. To win the victory that God proclaimed all the way back in Genesis 3:15. This is the guy who will accomplish all of this for his glory. That's ultimately what this is about. That's what Christmas is ultimately about, is the glory of God. Okay. Alright, and so again, that just hopefully that kind of wets your appetite a little bit here as um, we kind of dive into the series of this anticipation of the Messiah, this anticipation of Christmas um, here over these next few weeks. And again, so really the story starts all the way back in Genesis. And over the coming weeks, like I said, we're going to narrow down more and more, just kind of dive in on a couple of verses at a time and just get into this um, anticipation right? In, until we culminate with the birth of Christ in the New Testament. Okay. So that's really the goal. Hopefully this is encouraging. Hopefully this allows you to, again, in the busyness of this time of year to take a step back, to focus on what we're celebrating, what's going on, and hopefully, again, have this appreciation of um, just the anticipation, this longing for this Messiah to come. Okay, and that's what we get got to celebrate, is he is here. The seed of Genesis 3.15 is here. Okay, that's really, uh, hopefully, our focus. Okay, so that's going to do it for today's episode, and we'll catch you all next time. <music>